Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff, and you are listening to a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is audio pulled from one of our daily drop-ins. That's right, daily drop-ins are back every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time over on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. This is happening from November 23rd all the way to December 18th, so join us on any of the social media platforms. We are at Teach Better Team for our daily drop-ins. We're here to support you answering questions, talking about fun stuff, bringing on special guests, anything you need, we're here for you. Join us for the daily drop-ins. Let's get into this special bonus episode. Enjoy. Hey everyone, good morning. Ray and Carrie here from the Teach Better team. We have a ton that we're going to do, like you already know, for our daily drop-in that happens every single morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, or 8.30 Eastern. Uh, Carrie, it's weird, because like you and I are both in Central Time, so I'm like, uh-huh. oh, 7.30 a.m. Central. <laughs> Either way, we're going live every single morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Carrie and I are so excited to kick off our morning slot, and then Dave Schmidt will be joining me in about a half an hour for our administrative rewind from the mastermind. So I cannot wait for the next hour. Make sure you comment in the chat where you're watching from and say good morning and let's get started. Carrie, I was so stoked that we were going live together this morning. You're like making my whole Wednesday. Well, thank you. I know I love going live with you. So any excuse, I'm all for it. Well, and honestly, and I messaged you this earlier, I'm like, we need to catch up because you actually have made a big transition like as a teacher. And so I'm like, oh, I want to hear about how like your students are doing, how you're doing. And then I'm like, oh, oh, she's on the daily drop it. This will be perfect catch up. <laughs> yes, it is perfect timing. I'm so excited to talk about that. So perfect timing. As we get started, hey, Joe, good to see you. Hi, good Joe. Love all the comments. Feel free to throw those in. Tell us where you're watching from and any topics you want us to like brainstorm. Like Carrie and I are going to catch up because Carrie is a full-time teacher. I'm a full-time teacher. We want to like talk shop and share ideas with each other. But the daily drop-ins are also very much probably like 90% of actually for all of you where you're able to ask questions and share topics and, you know, kind of like tell us what things you're still looking to, to brainstorm through as a safe space to hopefully get a solution or maybe a, a path forward to continue to support your, your kiddos. Uh, in about a half an hour, as I said earlier, I am get to um, be joined by Dave Schmidt. We'll be doing our re- rewind from the mastermind that we have twice on Tuesdays. And so that will be a great part of the second segment of our daily drop-in this morning. Carrie, I know we're getting comments flowing in. I want to say hi to everybody. But before we get started, would you mind telling us a little about what you do in education, because you have come live with me before. I know we always mm-hmm. talk about, I feel like I talk to you every single day, but if somebody's connecting with you for the first time, like what's your background in education? Okay, um, I'm Carrie and I am a middle school ELA teacher in Northern Illinois. And this is my sixth year in the classroom. Um, for Teach Better, I'm also the digital content coordinator. So a lot of people may know me from the blogger doing things with that. Um, so I guess that is like that in a nutshell. So good. I know I was, uh, your name came up yesterday in our daily drop in because our, our guest, uh, Brian Zumke was talking about the blog and he's like, cause you know, Carrie runs the blog and I'm like, everyone knows Carrie cause Carrie makes sure that all the content comes to teachbetter.com. Mm-hmm. Like if you're listening to this right now in a podcast, 
That's because Carrie helped make that happen. If you're listening to this right now on a live video and you've read a blog at teachbetter.com, like Carrie was a part of that. Everything that's good goes through Carrie. That's kind of my mindset on her role. <laughs> and it's funny that you say that too. So I don't know if you know this, but Brian Zwemke was actually the principal at the school um, when I was applying for my first job. He was the principal that hired me. And then he, you know, was moving on to other places. So he wasn't actually like my principal my first year, but he was the one that hired me for my first job. Wait, it's funny you say that because he has told me before, he's like, you stole Carrie. I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> so smart. We had to get her on the team for all of the stuff worked out. I love it. I love it. That's so funny. And you actually joined the team because you were friends with Caitlin. So like mm -hmm. you have a lot of connections to members of the Teach Better family. And now you run the Teach Better team. So in my mind, like that's quite well, a We know Caitlin's the real boss. So <laughs> you know, it is always entertaining, I feel like when I'm talking to Jeff, because we joke that Caitlin Giordano is the boss of the Teach Better team. We call her boss lady. But then if you come up within any moment of time after that, like a few minutes later, they're like, oh well. Carrie's actually the boss. We just like, she's the boss. She actually makes all the decisions and makes the content look good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, Carrie, I know we have a lot of people saying good morning. Uh, we're talking about like, Danielle, you're so sweet. Another morning with awesome people. Um, if you are joining us for the daily drop in for the first time, maybe you're watching this on YouTube for the first time, we are streaming right now live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, or you're listening to this after the fact, these become bonus episodes of Teach Better Talk podcast. The daily drop-in started back in March um, because a lot of the world was changing because of COVID. Schools were changing and teachers felt like they needed a space to talk. Uh, there was things changing seemingly every hour. I know, Carrie, you probably felt that way in March. It just seemed like there was so much movement, so many decisions being made. We wanted to create a space where no matter what was going on in the world, you could share your questions, you could share your ideas, and also be a part of a community that really is solution-minded. And Carrie, that's actually something I really love about our collaboration. Anytime I'm able to talk about you, you do incredible things for your students. And I know this is strange to say, but like you never complain about it. Like you are always so driven to not necessarily like think positively because sometimes life's hard you, it's not mm -hmm. always about being positive but like truly trying to find like the right solution to like move us forward I so appreciate that about you um so I'm excited to hear about how school's going for you and all the changes that have been happening what's been going on yeah so um let's get to the comments first I'm laughing at some of these these are hilarious I know. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> it says, Caitlin tells us no care <laughs> <laughs> it's true totally true so awesome. good. i love that there's so many people commenting because that's really what i love to see people like engaging and asking questions and saying good morning and not only good morning to us but a good morning to each other i mean mm -hmm. it's a, such a fun environment so fun yeah i love it oh so good so um i currently found out yesterday we were remote. Um, we've been remote since the week before the week of Thanksgiving. So like we transitioned. It was like Monday, Tuesday was hybrid. Wednesday was a planning day. And then Thursday, Friday, we moved to remote. We were remote, obviously, all through the week of Thanksgiving. We've been remote this week. And then they told us that they weren't sure what was going to happen after this week. And we finally got the news that we are going to stay remote through the end of 2020 and what coming back. Um, 
like the fourth or fifth of January. So it was like a little bit of update information for me, but not much changing. So really what that meant to me is we're just going to continue doing the work we're doing uh, mm -hmm. with my students, but I get to maybe be a part of daily drop-ins because yeah. I wasn't going to be able to do that. So um, that was a little tidbit of information on my end. Uh, you, though, have transitioned from hybrid to remote, right? Yeah, and that's why I'm excited to like talk to you about this now in this space and then see what other people's comments are. Um, so my school has been hybrid since the start of the year in August. And so we've seen the, per the students in person every day. Um, and now our school has made the transition to full remote um, starting Monday. And we will be that way at least through winter break. We're planning on going back hybrid January 4th as well. Um, so I think one thing that we're kind of struggling with in the last couple of days is student motivation because we've had our students in person. And so they're used to that and now making this transition to full remote and having these three weeks before winter break when it's already a challenging time to keep students engaged those last couple of weeks before winter break and trying to make that transition to remote for the first time and keep them going. And we're in the middle of these projects and trying to get them to stay motivated. Um, so I'm just excited to talk about that and see what ideas people have and go from there. Well, I love it. That's a perfect like preview of saying, hey, if you're in the comments right now, if you are somebody watching this, whether it be live with us currently or after the fact, feel free to respond to Carrie. I'd love to have you comment in the in the chat just sharing with us like, what have you found has motivated your students? Whether it be a small little activity idea that we could do with our students or maybe a big way that you've changed your lesson plans or an instructional model, like let us know what's keeping your students motivated. And then Carrie, I think that's a great topic for us to dive into because we've gotten a lot of questions about that over the course of the week even, just because people are really seeing this, at least in the US, this gap between Thanksgiving, like the weekend after Thanksgiving, all the way through the weekend that usually people are starting their winter holiday, that three weeks has become a hot topic where people are seeing that kind of as like the end of the tunnel, how they're working towards getting to that spot. And motivation is a reality of trying to keep our students engaged. So we are going to be getting to all that. I do want to give a shout out to Kelly. I know we've had so many people join us. I have a phone call with Kelly later and I'm just really excited. So I love when people that are like on my calendar, I'm like, Kelly, I'm so excited to chat with you later. It'll be super fun. Dave actually posted a, a question that I'd love to talk about, Carrie, uh, as people are responding to your motivation question, um, because Dave asked a question about bloggers. You essentially like run our blog department. Anybody who gets blogs with us gets to work with you and Livia, which is just such a wonderful like match made in heaven. I love your duo team. And, you know, he's asking here about how you handle like adult writers, adult bloggers and giving feedback. I think this is really relevant to not only the way that we handle giving feedbacks to adults in general being relevant in our school system, but any teacher has to give feedback constantly. So have you, did you find that to be tricky at the beginning when you first started taking over the blog, like giving feedback to adults? I think at first it definitely was new territory for me that I hadn't yet ever had to dabble with. But then I realized like it's the same thing that I do every day with my kids. And when I thought about it in that mindset, it made it so much easier to do where I'm still, you know, just trying to make changes and help people, you know, like change for the better. And so um, 
when I, yeah, when I thought about it that way, it became a lot easier. So when I, you know, have a guest blogger that I am wanting to give feedback to, or a lot of times they reach out to me asking for feedback. And so I just treat it the same way as my students. And I will, you know, share all of the positives and then share a couple of things that, you know, they could change for the future. Um, and we have so many amazing guest writers. So I always have a hard time, like when they want feedback, like trying to find some things that um, they could work on, but I just treat it just like my students. And I think that has worked very well. Well, I mean, you're right though, because you're really working somewhat. Some bloggers that join the Teach Better team, guest bloggers are just like first time writers, right? So they mm -hmm. obviously have written and they're in education. So they have written before, but they feel like they're new bloggers and they might have a lot of questions. Others, like we have a ton of guest bloggers who are authors and, you know, like, do professional development for educators all the time, or we have a lot of guest bloggers who are writing teachers. So mm -hmm. we have like a, such a big variety of people that, that share content with us. And that's one thing that I love about how flexible our blog is, is that we do have some writers that are more um, like research-based and, and write in that regard. And then other people write like how they talk. And I've had some guest bloggers reach out to me and say, you know, I just submitted a blog. I kind of did it informal. Like I wrote it how like I talk. And I'm like, hey, that's fine. Like, I want your voice. And however your writing voice comes through, like, we're here just as a platform for that. So whether you're writing more research-based or just from the heart, like, whatever that is coming from, like, we're good. So. so I won't lie, Carrie. Writing is the hardest medium for me. I know we've talked about this. Like, put me on camera. Let me do a <laughs> podcast. Like, let me just talk at you. Fine. Like, I could, I could make something up blogging to me is so stressful and you feel the opposite you prefer to like write things down yes. like i've been challenging you all the time like carrie get on camera you're so good talking with people and sharing your ideas but i bet like people feel like this struggle all the time where they might want to blog but maybe it's a it's a medium that feels uncomfortable do you have like any tips to get started with that not necessarily even with teach better but just like starting a blog in general i know maggie's on here Maggie, we just interviewed on Teach Better Talk podcast. Her episode's coming out soon. She like legitimately just started her own blog. That's not easy to do. <laughs> yeah, I think just when you're writing and not worrying, like it's the same thing I tell my students. Like when you're doing a first draft of something, don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry about uh, the spelling and grammar. Don't worry about any of those logistical things. Just write what comes to your mind. And that's the beauty of writing is that you can then go back later and kind of read it over again and see if it's actually how you wanted it to sound. And yeah. so I think that's just one of the most helpful things with writers and why writing even for students can be a very intimidating thing is you see that final product and you're like, that's what I have to do. But it's like when you're starting, you're just getting it out on paper and it doesn't matter how it sounds and how it looks. No, I love that. It's a great tip. And it really helps. I know it would be different if you have your own blog, but like it really helps for me when I'm writing for a website like Teach Better or like other groups that have an editor that reads your content first. It's kind of like a safety net. Like, okay, mm -hmm. so that way, if I spell something wrong, if I have a weird sentence I can't figure out, like I'm in a collaborative environment where somebody's going to help me before that gets published versus I'm going to write this on my own. And when I publish it, the first person to read it isn't a collaborative partner. It's somebody trying to like, gain information and I want them to like have the best experience possible. It's just for sure. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Carrie, I know that we're gonna move off this topic. We have a lot of comments streaming and I want to get to it. I know we only have you here uh for about 20 more minutes. So with that being said, if 
if somebody was listening right now and they're like, oh, I didn't know teachbear.com had blogs, which by the way, guys, we publish a blog every single day. So there's always content there. Um, but if they wanted to get started, like if they wanted to become a guest blogger or maybe even just learn about the process of becoming a guest blogger to see if it's interesting to them, what steps do they take? How does the process work? Like they contact you or they contact through the website and then what? So there's a couple different ways. Like if you're sure that you're interested in blogging, there is a form on the Teach Better website. So if you go to, I think it's on like the homepage, it's a few different places throughout. But especially if you go to the blog tab and if you scroll down, there's a button that you can fill out a form. Um, if you're not sure, you can always just email me and we can chat that way. Just carry at teachbetter.com and I can you know let you know about the process. But we love anyone who's wanting to blog. So even if you're not confident with your writing or you're not you know, sure if that's something that you want to do. Um, like, let's get you signed up. And I think that you'll find that you enjoy having that platform to share your voice. Um, but once you get that initial form filled out that you're interested in, then I will get you signed up on our website and get you all of the like tips for how to write a blog. And like I tell anyone else, just do your best and then I'll take care of the rest. So I've had people that will submit a blog and be like, I don't know if I followed all of the like the recommendations for, you know, format and everything. And I'm like, it's all good. I'll, I got it. Just write what you want, get it how you want it to be. And then I'll take it from there. I love that. And then so so I'm going in, I'm, I'm writing this blog. I'm like, okay, Carrie, cross my fingers. I hope you like it. And then do you go through and edit it for me? Do you just like send me like a, a PDF that has all these like red marks on it? Like, how does that back and forth work. Cause I think that goes back to Dave's initial question about feedback. And I know that he was specifically talking about, you know, a, a broader sense, but at teachbear.com, like you guys are like helping the author. What does that help mm -hmm. process look like before it shows up, obviously on the website, all pretty and, you know, ready for readers. Yeah. I think for some more like minor things, like adding headings and, you know, grammar spelling, we kind of just edit that and push it off to be scheduled. Um, but I've, I've had conversations before with bloggers, um, whether they reach out to me or I'm initiating the conversation. Um, sometimes if there's more like structural things that they could use for the future. So um, it kind of just depends on what the changes are that we're making. But if they're more major and then if they're, you know, writing multiple blogs and the same things are occurring, then I might decide to have that conversation. But for the most part, like it's so flexible. Like I just want people to share what they're thinking, share what they're doing and, and we'll take care of the rest. It's great. Well, right or wrong, Carrie, I just want to emphasize that this wasn't like a high school where you turned in your blog and then got back like red marks all over no. your page. Like I would hate that. And then no, no, never been my experience. Like I always give Carrie blogs that are like mediocre and then they publish. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that looks really good. Carrie, good work. <laughs> No, you, you're great. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to kind of talk about motivation for the rest of our conversation here. Mm -hmm. You noted that you moved from hybrid to remote, trying to keep students motivated. But if you are listening right now, whether you're live or listening to a bonus episode of Teach Better Talk podcast, like we are always doing guest bloggers. If you go to teachbetter.com slash blogs, you're going to see all different series that publish every month. There's all these just beautiful people sharing their voice and it's like never been like this. I, I just, I'm so in awe of that section of our website, mostly cause I just never know what's going to publish. And I'm always <laughs> in the morning we'll publish something new, but, um, but Carrie, that honestly is such a wonderful place for people to share their voice. And I hope people like reach out if they think they might want to blog, you don't have to commit for like life, just write one mm -hmm. and like the process and then go from there. <laughs> for sure. 100%. Yeah. 
So Kelly's jumping in here and she says, we were hybrid and are now four days, uh, um, are now four day in person. No fully remote for us yet. Our students are staying engaged given the variables at hand and that they are for, okay. So she's saying that they have, they've actually gone the other way where they've like moved to being more mm -hmm. in the classroom. I don't think this is common. I think I've heard more people move remote mm -hmm. than I ever had really for the full semester. Are you finding that to be true? Yes. Yeah. I'm finding the same thing where it's either like hybrid or full remote. I haven't noticed a lot of people going in the reverse. Yeah, I have too. And I think it's tricky because when you're in person, a lot of the motivation, um, I don't know how to say this appropriately. There's issues with motivation that come with only situations of remote that don't exist in hybrid. Like mm -hmm. the motivation to have a student log on to a Google Meet is different than them physically being in your building and you being able to be like, come on, let's go to class. Like it's, there's, there's almost a different like control factor that you have as a teacher. Yes, definitely. And I think that it's just so challenging right now because it's, it's this balancing act of what type of motivation does your students actually need mm -hmm. uh, out of this process? So do students need the motivation to simply get logged on? That's like one hurdle you have to overcome. Do students need the motivation to work now that they are, they are physically or the, you know, that they're virtually with you, but they need the motivation to like actually accomplish tasks and, you know, need the motivation to, to do what you're asking them to do, even though they're showing up. And then it's the motivation of, yeah, they're doing what I asked, but how do I keep them engaged and happy? Right. I feel like those mm -hmm. are separate stages. Yeah, for sure. That's where we're kind of at right now. Like we, I think it's because we had students in person for a couple of months and built those relationships. But so far for our first two days of full remote learning, every student was on, every student had their camera on, like it was amazing. And I think for us, it was more, it's more of the like motivation to do the task the same way that they would in the classroom and yeah. then keeping them happy. And I, you know, spent some time reflecting with my students yesterday, like how did your first day of full remote learning go? And so many of them were like, Miss Pistick, like we didn't get to talk to each other the whole day. And so like I've been letting them pick their own breakout room during independent work time. And I tell them like, I know that that's going to decrease your productivity a little bit, but yeah. like, I also care about you as a person. And the fact that you're not getting those like passing periods to talk to your friends, like the least I could do is let you pick your breakout room to like have someone to just like chat with while you're working. So. I don't know. It's one of those things where we're just like kind of it's trial and error right now because it's new for us too, figuring out how to make them happy, how to help keep them productive and still maintain the level of what we were doing in person, but moving that to the online platform. Well, and I think it's interesting, Carrie, because you're experiencing a transition for the first time, whereas while I am in a similar spot to you where I did just move from hybrid to remote, it's the third time we've moved. So mm -hmm. I feel like my students have handled that transition with more ease because they've done it. Your students are experiencing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So not to sound silly, but it's, it gets easier as you go only because the students kind of like understand what they're moving towards. But let me tell you, remote was way harder before I met them. And you have this beautiful opportunity where you've gotten to see them and interact mm -hmm. with them. So moving to remote, there is a, a stronger, a different type of relationship that you have. And when I, I when I got to see that, when my remote um, hybrid students went remote, there was students that I 
really worried about that I didn't hear from that started coming to class, started speaking up because they had the comfort of having met me in person, which is something that we try to, you know, replace, but is something that really is irreplaceable when you get to have that, you know, face-to-face eye contact, you know, interaction. Some of the goofing around is just so important to building a relationship. Yeah. So I think it does help me and, you know, my colleagues at my school a lot that we had, you know, two, two and a half months in person first. So we're going to use that to our advantage as best as we can. Absolutely. Andrea is jumping in. There's been a lot of comments of people agreeing with all the things you're sharing. And Carrie, there's a ton of comments bragging about how awesome blogging with the teacher.com is. So y'all rock. Um, This comment says, we've been fully remote the entire time. And the lack of communication with each other is the hardest part. I think, Carrie, you touched on a great way that you're using breakout rooms to try and get that human interaction. You're not saying, hey, it's work time you should leave this Google Meet and go work on your own in your own house. You, It sounds like some of the work that you're doing during independent time is having students still in small groups online virtually so that they can have some of those important like dialogues that you can have with friends, even though they're not content related. Right. And I think just having seen that because we were in person for a couple of months and just getting to see all of them interact with each other. And then, you know, we'd go outside for a mass break and they would, you know, like have like groups of people that they would talk or with, talk with or work with or whatever. And so I think just seeing that and then knowing how important that is to them is even more motivation to continue to incorporate that because it's a long day to be Zooming all day and then you don't get a chance to like always talk with your friends. Like they're right there, but there's you can't talk to them. So I'm like, the least I could do is build that in. And I have a block of time where the other teachers don't. So I do have that flexible time that I can build in to give that to them. Well, and I, I really try and in, in our dialogue, especially during daily drop-ins, but during any conversation we're having with educators, it's important to relate what's going on in the classroom to an experience that a teacher is having. Because sometimes we we see a disconnect. So if you're thinking about Zooming all day, we all know that it's exhausting because we're all doing it right now. And I find it to be exhausting. But when you share like, oh, your friends are right there and you can't talk to them. I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel when we have staff meetings where like my colleagues who I'm friends with and really enjoy seeing are on camera, but we're all muted. Some of our cameras are off and it's kind of this like, carry, carry, (laughs) right? So what do we do? We pick up our phones and we text Mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to look like we're texting on camera. So we're like texting (laughs) down below. other funny gifts to see if we can make each other laugh and it's not it's not that we're not paying attention to the staff meeting but we're all just like missing our friends and so on the flip side when we see our, our kiddos doing that we're like oh make sure you don't do that but gosh I I do in staff meetings all the time yeah so that's why I always think about it from their perspective like it's a long day to zoom and you're not getting a chance to talk to your friends like and not just in middle school it's really with any age level like SEL social emotional learning you as a human being comes first and then content will come and if i and i know that like me giving them that time to like talk to their friends is kind of an investment because them being able to like get that out of their system and like just chat with their friends then they're going to be more motivated when we come back together and then have to get things done and they're not like dying to tell their friends something so tell me carrie like logistically because i we haven't talked about this and i think it's such an easy tip i know you were looking for tips but i feel like all of us just got your tips (laughs) for that. But it's a, it's a, it's an easy tip to be able to say, you know, this is an opportunity you have every so often to to get students talking. A lot of educators are looking to find 
creative ways to get students collaborating. This is obviously something you've tried, you know, over the past day or so. So logistically, what does that look like? Like students log in, do you create the breakout rooms beforehand? Like, can you give me the steps for somebody who maybe wants to try this later this afternoon or next week? Yeah, so we use Zoom. Um, and actually, and I learned the hard way, there is an option to like let people pick their own breakout room. So I clicked it and I was like, all right guys, pick your breakout room. And they're like, Miss Pistic, that we don't have that option. And I'm like, what is going on? So I looked into it more and they have, you have to be like on the Zoom app in order to use that feature. So anyways, for like, as an impromptu thing, I was just having them like put in the chat, like if they wanted to work independently or who they wanted to work with. And then I would just like do it that way. But that was taking way too much time. So yesterday so, I made, sorry. To confirm Carrie, it was taking too much time because they were in the chat saying, I want to, I want to work with Carrie. I want to work by myself. And so you had to manually be like, Stephanie's moving independently, Barbara. Yeah, okay. right. Right. Okay. Um, so then what I tried yesterday was making like a Google sheet that had their names alphabetized by first name because that's how Zoom categorizes them. Uh -huh. And then I just had them like pick a breakout room number like based on if they wanted to be alone or with another person. And then I could just glance at that sheet and then just like click on their names from the roster. Still not like the easiest method, but I think given the features that we have to work with, I think that will be the best way to do it moving forward. So I know that you're super new at this. So Carrie, you might change your mindset, and like your process in, in like two hours, who knows, but assuming that this is working, so your students can't um, choose a breakout room, but they could if they were on the app. So you just have a device where they can't be on the app. Is that what you're saying? I think so. They're, they have Chromebooks and I think they're getting to it like through the internet. And I don't know if there's like, yeah, I don't really know a lot about that, but. But that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So then when you sort them is how long is it actually taking you because i could be listening to this right now and say whoa if i have a 47 minute class and this is going to take like 15 minutes then i'm not doing it but if you're saying like oh it takes longer than you want but it's only like three and a half minutes maybe i would make a different maybe it's maybe it would be worth my time is my point so what is realistically in one class i don't know how many students you have how long is it actually taking you with the support of this Google Sheet that mm -hmm. students can really advocate for what they want and you can see it in an organized way? Yeah, when I had, when I used the Google Sheet, it ended up only taking like probably two, three minutes then to put them in their breakout room. The first day it was like going on 10 because right. we, well, we were trying to use the feature that I didn't know they couldn't use. And yeah. then we were trying to use the chat and then, you know, of course the chat just keeps flowing and I'm like missing all the names. And it was like, all right, guys, just bear with me. We're going to make this work. Um, have, but the, the seat made it a lot easier. We have all been there where we were trying something <laughs> on the spot. We're like, okay, rewind. Let's try this again. Yeah. So I think that's great that you're just continuously problem solving because that's literally what our entire semester has been is planning for something, it not working, adapting, and then being like, would I do that again? Yes, let's try it again, you know, in a different yep. way. So that's super helpful. Well, Carrie, I have loved talking with you. There's been so much activity in the chat. To be honest, guys, a lot of you are typing like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of content that's really hard to show on the screen. So I just want to give a shout out to all of you that are sharing. It looks like a lot of people are interacting on Facebook with like their big, big like sharing ideas, which I so love. So I'm excited to encourage all of you, and I know Carrie and I will as well, to pop over to the mm -hmm. Facebook thread to make sure you can see everyone's ideas and comments. 
if you are watching with us on a different platform than Facebook, like YouTube and Twitter and Twitch, like no stress, feel free to find this video in a lot of different places so you can see everyone's interaction. But it is just wonderful to see so many educators up this morning sharing ideas. And Carrie, it's always good to to catch up with you and like hear your thoughts on, on what's going on too. So thank you so much for joining us. And I want to make sure people can connect with you. Do you mind sharing how people can stay connected with you specifically? Yeah. So my Twitter handle and Instagram handle are on there just at Miss Pitstick. Um, and then of course, if you are interested in blogging, you can just email me directly at Carrie at teachbetter.com or find the form on the blog section of the website. I love it. Well, Carrie, I'm so excited to uh, continue to learn about how remote learning goes for you. Yeah. <laughs> we talk all the time. So I will be like, you know, messaging you here in an hour. I'm trying to new that I should know about. <laughs> but um, we are going to kick off the second segment of the Daily Drop-In with Dr. Dave Schmidow, who was on the Daily Drop-In yesterday to talk about the brand new course that he just released at teachbetteracademy.com all about leading through empowering, which I really, really love. Dave's incredible. But today we are focusing on our admin mastermind. Our administrative mastermind happens twice on Tuesdays. Dave facilitates incredible conversations with leaders around the world. And uh, we are going to recap those conversations. And so we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Thanks so much, Carrie. Dave Schmidow. Rachel, hug heart. No. <laughs> How are you doing, Ray? Um, hello, doing great. I just got to start to carry, and I love that girl. Oh my goodness! It is so not fair having me follow her. Next time, can you like book Jeff ahead of me or something? Yeah. I mean, that's just not cool. Somebody who lowers the bar, like <laughs> right? She is a genius. She is just so good at what she does. But you know what? Like. I know I say this all the time, so I don't mean to like gush, but Carrie is just good people. Like she is passionate and just humble and so organized and so many good ideas. And I could I could talk to her for hours. Like when when I'm looking at the clock, I was literally like, Carrie, so do you have like seven more hours? Because I have like 12 more questions that take some time. Right. She's just one of those people. She just puts her nose down and just does the work. And then afterwards, you're like, wow, the streets are paved with gold behind you. And she had no idea what she just did. Yes. She's amazing. Oh my gosh. I know Dave, you were kind of like watching um, in the background here, but the comments talking about how much people love working with Carrie yeah. over in our blog, like, holy moly. I'm, I don't know. And, well, it's, that's a big deal too, because writing a blog and putting your stuff out there for the world is scary. So and then it goes to this extra layer where Carrie gets to read it first before it reaches the stage where you're like, yes, now share it with the world. And that can be super intimidating, but Carrie makes everything just so easy. No matter what your thoughts are, how jumbled they may be, she's like, no, I, I can help you. And that's what she does. She doesn't judge at all. It's just, she's so good. So good. And Dave, I don't know about you because you're like fabulous writer over there, but um, <laughs> I sent Carrie some real not so hot blogs that I'm like, literally, I absolutely text her and be like, good luck. <laughs> like, here's right. kind of garbage. Good luck. And then, and then it publishes and I'm like... Wow, she made all my ideas sound so smart. Well, there, there's a reason I go on video way more often than I write things because uh, the, the whole written word thing, and I don't necessarily, and I, and I taught middle school language arts. You can kind of relate to this. I know. But give me, give me a camera and a microphone any day of the week over a keyboard. And yeah. I, I do have to say, um, we used to have a rule on the Teach Better team when we were just starting out where you had to write a blog. So I would like message Jeff every month and be like, please don't 
make me do it. And he's like, nope. And I'm like, can I do a video? And he's like, nope. And now we have so many good guest bloggers that Jeff, Jeff is kind of like, okay, right. Maybe like, we don't need, to, we don't need to read your garbage. Like we'll have these other great people. It, you know, it really has grown too. That's tremendous. And it's going to what? Seven. Is that what I saw just the other day? Seven a yeah. week. This week we launched seven blogs a week. And that does not count like podcasts. Like that's completely separate. This is just blogs that are. That's insane. Can, can you, can you just for a second grasp the reach of the teach better team right now? It, it is more than Illinois, Ohio, and Michigan now. Yeah. I mean, I, I see a comment back when Carrie was here from somebody from Tunisia. Yeah. I don't even know where Tunisia is, but it's not here. Mm-hmm. That is huge. And we have people that join our, our mastermind from Australia every single week. We have people that join us from Argentina. I mean, this is amazing. There's just so much wisdom around this world. Seven billion people. And it's like Teach Better Team is reaching them all. So okay, cool. So that, that is a fun part of kind of all the little pockets of how people can get involved and stay involved with the team. Like you're talking about the mastermind. It's amazing to jump in the mastermind and see where everyone's from, the time differences. I told you, I just recommended our friend, uh, Dan, who's in the UK, yeah. doing the mastermind. But then you do, it's the same thing with mastery chat. You pop into mastery chat and you have Israel, Germany, Canada. I mean, like all over. And it's like, wow, this chat originated in Ohio. It's right. so cool to see it, it like reach out to educators who can share their voices from a multitude of perspectives all around the world. That's, I think, a big value of education right now is that we can collaborate with educators everywhere. And yeah. so we choose to do that. Yeah. And, and that's what's so cool. It's not like the Teach Better team is this distribution warehouse where there's all this knowledge kept in the Midwest of the United States, and then they just share it with everybody around the world. It's truly like... it. I joke all the time and say teach better teams like farmersonly.com making these connections happen. But that's what's happening. There's all this wisdom from around the world that gets to get funneled through the teach better team. There are people from the UK and Tunisia and Australia that are sharing their wisdom with those of us living here in the Midwest. It is so cool. So cool. Michelle, you need to get blogging with us. Michelle just said blogging is a goal of mine at some point, you know, like Michelle, you got to do it. Like go reach out to Carrie. She makes it so easy and she actually helps you brainstorm topics which I think is a huge beauty of what Carrie's doing, what Livia's doing. She helps the blog immensely with Carrie. They have a great tag team there. So just try it because for all you know, the next blog you write could be on something you're doing today and you don't even know it. So yeah, uh, I see Kylie was saying that. Michelle and Kylie, both of you, this is your challenge. Do it before you go on your winter break. Both of you inspire me just with tweets and messages all the time. Just take those and write about them. They're so good. Well, there's so many things that you don't think about writing a blog at that comes naturally. Like Kylie, I don't mean to like shout you out and embarrass you, but Kylie, you post a lot on social and I love seeing it. And something that you posted, uh, God, weeks ago was like a gift exchange. I'm sorry that I'm sounding creepy because I totally stalk you, but I didn't want you to know that. So like you posted a gift exchange, but you were talking about it virtually. Like that's a blog, like go write a blog about why that was important to you, how logistically you're doing it. That's almost two blogs. I got you, girl. You got, you're going to do a month <laughs> now. So like, this is the best part of like being a blogger in my mind with Carrie and Livia's support is that you don't really need to know how you're going to make it happen because it's such a collaboration. This is not an individual like homework assignment. So I love that Maggie's jumping in. She's like, just do it. Maggie blogs all the time. <laughs> and what's so cool is now it, it is, it's branching out from even just written blogs. I know Liv just reached out to me this week and said, oh yeah, by the way, Dave, I was supposed to ask you to write a blog, but if you want, you can do a vlog. And I was like, 
I'm in for that. Come on. Yes, I will do a vlog any day of the week, but the blogs, it feels like it just takes so much time. Okay, for anybody who listens to Teach Better Talk podcast, you know we talk about Chris all the time. Chris uh, edits and makes our like podcast sound good. And he has been a godsend because once Chris came on, Jeff was like, Ray, I don't think you have to write any more blogs because Chris will edit a vlog for you and Dave. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Well, Dave, I, I it's really fun to chat on, to talk about Carrie because Carrie's such a wonderful, beautiful person. Um, oh my gosh! And Kyle is actually saying uh, the topic is always my issue. Don't worry, we we could brainstorm for the next half an hour on, on topics for you, Kylie. Sign us up. Um, but Dave, something that's really special that you have been doing with Chad uh, on Wednesdays is doing a rewind of the Mastermind, and I have loved that this has become a staple in the Teach Better family because. You and Chad have had such rich discussions talking through the type of conversations that happen both in the morning and the afternoon of the admin mastermind. And I just wanted to thank you publicly for letting me be involved in this week because this is something I watch and I always feel like a cool guest, a part of, and now I get to like be a part of the conversation, which is so cool. Well, one of one of my favorite people in the world, Allison Apsey, writes a lot about serendipity. Oh. Um, you know how things just happen miraculously and you're like, oh, wow, I guess I see why that happened. I feel like us chatting today is a serendipitous moment because the conversation yesterday, mm -hmm. I, the, the thought that kept going through my head is this is Ray. This is Ray. This is Ray. So okay. can I throw it out there? I want to just hear your your comments. Yeah, please. And can I preface, guys, I am I'm embarrassed to say, but I just want that on the table. I was not a part of either mastermind yesterday. So Dave, I'm, I'm excited to hear about the mastermind because I, I was not a part of them. So please share. I'm excited to learn. And I may not be good at facilitating conversation because I'm just going to be oh, like, no, this is mouth open. So, so first of all, let me set the stage for those people that might be watching this because they're they do the drop in, but they don't know what mastermind is. So let me reset that. And then I want to roll into some of the conversations that had me thinking about you. So admin mastermind is for school leaders. It's a safe place for school leaders just to come and we sit in on a Zoom meeting and we just talk. We share if we have our own driving issues, things that we want to put on the table because we don't necessarily feel like we have anybody we can turn to or go to. And we just want to get ideas from other people. We come together and we just grow and we learn. And it's this amazing growing community. Like, like you said, we meet twice a two, twice on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time, real time. And we all just sit around and, and talk and share. And it, they've gotten so big, we've, we have four or five breakout rooms in each session now where there's these small groups of five or six people that just sit around and, and brainstorm and share. And I get the amazing opportunity to just pop into each room and hear the conversations and like, like you said, my jaws just drop sometimes because there's just so much wisdom there that I get to be a part of and hear these amazing conversations. So yesterday, for example, just a couple of the conversations before I get to the one I want to talk to you about. Please. There was somebody that said, what do you do if a staff member comes to you and expresses self-harm behaviors? As an adult, they're saying that they're having some, some, some struggles, internal struggles, and they're in this dark place. How do you respond to that? So we had a bunch of administrators sitting around and talking about that. We had administrators talking about assessment, which, oh my gosh, my ability not to geek out and just stand up on a, a chair and start preaching for an hour and a half is so, so strong. But talking about assessment, how do we assess kids in this time? And do our final exams relevant ever? Our final exams ever relevant? That's another conversation. Um, and we can talk about that. Um, but the thing that really had me thinking about you, Ray, so let me set the stage. So for people that don't quite understand, you have a full-time job, like full-time job. You're not like a, a part-time teacher. You are a full-time teacher. Mm -hmm. You are here doing this 
virtually every single day. You are you do the the biweekly check-ins. You are constantly on phone calls. Your calendar is constantly filled. You've got two amazing little puppies that require your love 24 seven, mm-hmm. but yet you have this full-time job too. And I don't think people understand that component. The question that came up yesterday from a, from school leaders, both in the morning and in the evening session. So I know it's rich right now yeah. is how do school leaders building principals manage it when central office or HR doesn't quite understand the workload that teachers are under right now. And they, they are coming at it with a hammer and saying, we need to start holding teachers more accountable, having them check in, check out, um, almost work like hourly employees. When we, as building level administrators, working with teachers on a daily basis, see the grind that they're going through and see their hard work and their commitment, how do we continue to support them while also not ticking off the people above us that pay our bills? How do you find that balance? So I guess that's a question for you, Ray. How do you do it all? No, you know, it's interesting that you share that because I think that that one of the most beautiful parts of the leadership that I've been fortunate to work for, um, like my principal right now, who I have a, a, an enormous amount of respect for, um, he constantly is an advocate for his staff. I always feel like if I share concern with him, then if that be, if that's relevant in the next conversation he's in, he brings it in and talks about that perspective. And I, I think it's huge for building principles right now. I can only imagine the stress they're under because they are hearing it from all sides, not only office, you know, district office, not only teachers, but stakeholders and parents and everybody in between. And a lot of that is being funneled and, and facilitated by the building principal right now, yeah. trying to be an advocate for students and teachers and stakeholders and unit office is really a principal's role right in this moment. And that is so hard. Um, wow. I, I don't know how principals are, are, it sounds so, you know, silly to say, but, you know, teachers are struggling, but I wouldn't want to be an administrator right now. I, I really wouldn't. And I, I say that you should know I never actually want to be an administrator. <laughs> On the flip side, I really feel for the leadership that exists right now trying to just do their stinking best, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we say all the time that uh, the pandemic that's existing right now and all of what has happened in 2020, it seems like there are so many new problems emerging, but in reality, it seems like most of them were problems that have been around for a long time that are just now magnified. Yeah. And you talk about that that microscope and how principals seem like oftentimes they're in this no-win situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the reality is right now, they have a microscope on them like never before, oh, yeah. which is which is an amazing opportunity when you think about it, because for how many years have we been begging for teachers to have this platform to be able to speak from, from building leaders to finally be heard by their community and for parents to want to engage in these conversations. Now we have it. So how do we take this opportunity and shape it so that people are hearing the amazing stories about the amazing work that teachers are doing and that schools are doing as opposed to, yeah, there are some people out there taking advantage of the system. We got it. We know that there are some, some people out there shopping at Walmart at noon every single day and we get that. But by and large, the vast majority are doing God's work and we need to sell that message. Well, and I think that that, I mean, we even talked about this yesterday at the tail end of uh, the daily drop-in that I did yesterday with Brian Zwemke, who was talking about educators sharing their voice and sharing yeah. not only logistics of the school building, but truly sharing happening what's the happenings of the school. 
um, he did it better than I could do right now, but was going through like the main things being shared out to our communities are when break is, what time school starts, the bell schedule, what are what are the sports or activities after school? It's not about the day-to-day grind. It's not about the, the aha moments of our students. It's not about teacher well-being or, or anything in between. It's it's really logistics. And so if we can can continue to share our voice, I think that's a big part. I mean, you know, I, I wrote it in the teachers deserve it book that teachers' voices deserve to be heard. But my pushback, if you actually read the chapter, is not about how teachers' voices deserve to be heard. It's about the concern that if teachers aren't sharing their voice, there is nothing to hear. And yeah. that is actually the problem. And so I think as you go back to, to, to leadership, reflecting on Tuesday, both in the morning and the afternoon, about wanting to be supportive and advocate for teachers, a lot of that comes from teachers actually having an opinion, sharing their voice, and then working with the principal to expand that to a larger audience, in my opinion. No, you're spot on. And you know, I, you've heard me say before the, the line, what we do, they do. And mm-hmm. it's so true in all aspects of life, is especially when you're thinking leadership to teacher, teacher to student. What the administrator does, what they, what they emphasize as important is what teachers then emphasize to the students and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And this is a bad uh, example that'll kind of snake our way around. But about a month ago, we had somebody at our mastermind group from Texas um, at this huge school in Texas who brought to the question um, attendance issues. They're, they're struggling every single day to have students actually actively engaged in class. She said that 95% of their students show up in class, but 40% of the students have at least in, have it, at least one E on the report card just from not doing the work. So we, we had this big conversation about why is it that students are showing up if they're not doing the work? And the answer is because that's where administrators have put all of their focus and attention is show up because that's where we get our dollars. We have to have butts and seats. That's what matters most. So students are playing that game. And it's the same thing that we're, we're talking about right now. We've got a lot of our communication to parents is about attendance and bell schedules and just these logistics. Mm-hmm. So t- parents are hearing that and they're thinking, okay, that's the stuff that matters most. So they're looking at teachers through that same lens of, are they in school, in a classroom from eight to three? Are they doing the just the logistical managerial work? Or like you said, if administrators started just emphasizing all the amazing things that are happening with students, all the great projects and the great outcomes that students are, are producing, then they can start elevating teachers in the, in the same format. And it changes the dialogue. What we do, they do. We have to be mindful of how we're communicating because everybody else focuses in on that. You know, Dave, this really makes me think of, I know this is relatively unrelated, but I had a conference yesterday with a student, uh, sixth hour, a beautiful genius girl. She's wonderful. And she pops on for a conference on, uh, on, you know, the information we were learning. And essentially that's the only way that I'm really giving them a score, whether it goes in the grade book or not, like that's how we're providing feedback. Students are doing something, they're learning, they're exploring, and then they're coming on a conversation, a conference of some sort with the teacher and or other students and sharing their knowledge. And at that point, we're either saying, wow, you're doing super well, like keep trekking onto new information or, oh, we have some disconnects here. Let's go back. Let's figure out where our gaps are in our learning. And she comes on and we do one question together. Very complex mathematical question, but one question. And she just explodes with information. So much good, rich thinking. I mean, it was like inspiring. I was like getting chills talking to her. And after the problem concluded, I was like, 
cool, you're done. Like you are so ready to move on, go explore. And she pushed back in this conference. It was only me and her. And she goes, wait, that's it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Wait, that's it. Like you just, you just slayed this problem. Okay. And she was like, well, like, isn't this supposed to be like a really hard quiz? And I'm like, no, like this is an opportunity for you to share your understanding. The expectation is that you're learning. The expectation isn't for me to like try and get you. Like you understand this information. I don't need to make it more complicated. Keep going. And I think there that that misunderstanding of like that things need to be hard or done a certain way is kind of adding to this level of stress, whether it's at an administrative level uh, or, or a teacher level is like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Because if one problem will do it, then then why do you need to do anything else? I, I don't know. That's oh, Ray, Ray, Ray. Pandora's box was just open. So you got control of the screen here. Give me the hook when necessary. But you're so you're so spot on on everything that you just said. Uh, I'm going to try to spin this back around to administrative district organization with the big O systems that that can change. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so many competing entities. And we, we often fight against ourselves in schools so often. And I'll just give you two uh, a couple of examples based off what you just said. Mm -hmm. You have a student here who thinks they're supposed to play the game of school because they played it so much. They have to answer so many questions, this arbitrary number of questions correctly so that they can prove that they know something. Right. It's similar to in schools. At the end of school, in, in every state now, we have these big state assessments so mm -hmm. students can prove mastery. Not going to get into the debate about whether they're a good test or bad test. Yep. But at the same time, Students have to sit in seats in classrooms so many days a year so that schools can get the funding. It's like this. Which one is more important? Do kids have to sit their butts in seats or do they have to prove mastery? Because those two things are not necessarily synonymous. Wait. They're not one thing or, or they're, 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 they're not connected. Mm -hmm. They are two different things. So we have to pick our poison and determine what's more important. And unfortunately, in schools, because money pays the bills, we spend way more time focusing on put a butt in a seat, make sure kids are in school for seven hours a day, bell to bell instruction. Don't get me started on that. Um, and all these other little hoops that we make kids jump through as opposed to just focusing on the learning experience for kids. Mm -hmm. you know, something that is, I think it's, I'm hoping is illuminating for a lot of people right now yeah. is that A, kids don't have to have their butt in a seat every single day for seven hours a day to continue to learn. And teachers don't have to be standing in front of the classroom preaching to students from a soapbox every single day for students to learn. There are so many opportunities right now that we as schools can engage in and say, okay, we're, we're learning from this. Yeah, this is a huge obstacle, but from obstacle comes opportunity. There's so much that we can be learning from this to change the game forever if we just open our eyes. So for all of our administrators listening right now or our teacher leaders, anyone in between, I guess my question would be to you, if you could reflect on your day, is what are you putting the emphasis on? Because I think if we if we own and fully like take on the 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 ability to say yes, this is something I'm actively choosing to put the emphasis on, then every decision from there can be off of that. Well, this goes back to the why, the intention, the purpose. If if attendance is the focus, or you know all these different things in between, it's fine as long as you're you're okay with that as long as you're saying, yep, that that's exactly what I want the emphasis to be on. Um, which I know didn't actually answer the initial question you asked. <laughs> I'm telling you this conference with the girl yesterday, I was like, 
Go. Yes. It, no, it, it's totally spot on because unfortunately the evening mastermind, I was jokingly texting uh, Jeff Gargas last night. So the evening group, we meet at seven and it normally goes till eight o'clock at 7.58. Amazing conversations. And then at 7.58 last night with two minutes to go, someone mentioned assessment to me. And then we got done at 8.15 because I was preaching for 17 minutes. Don't they know better not to mention assessment around here? <laughs> I, I guess not, but they're learning. They are a quick learning group. So, but I, I love the conversation because it does lead to so many other conversations. Assessment is not a conversation about assessment. It's a conversation about priorities and what matters most. And that's what it's all about. So mic drop. That's <laughs> that statement alone is like the mantra of my life. I love that that is the focus. We've been getting so many comments, by the way, Dave. I'm so sorry, guys. I know you have been sharing so many things about your thoughts. There's been a, a, a comment here from Brandon wanting to know why there's no teacher mastermind. Brandon, every day is a teacher mastermind. It's called the daily drop-in, Brandon. It's called every single live and conversation that is teacher mastermind. <laughs> I do love it. You know, it's funny because uh, the mastermind, the admin mastermind is new for the Teach Better team. And when I say new, I mean within the past year. It's It came out in 2020. Um, and I know that you do this rewind every single week. I'm glad that we're kind of blending it with the daily drop-in just so people can kind of see these different pockets of conversations happening. When you talk about schedules, which is actually something that you brought up uh, you know, earlier when we were chatting, I think managing schedules is hard, you included. Like you have done so much um, to support teachers. I don't know how you keep your schedule straight. Do you have like a strategy, maybe something you shared or heard principal share about kind of managing all the things going on in their world or something that you use that you could help our network maybe take a new tip away? I, I don't know if this will help. I can tell people what I do. And oftentimes just hearing what somebody else does, you can pivot from that. So take yeah. this, use this, and yeah. adjust it for your own needs. Um, it, it started back when I was a building principal. Uh, when I was a building principal, um, I craved being around students, being in classrooms, being around teachers. But I found so many other people taking control of my calendar, taking control of my schedule all day and telling me where I needed to be, when I needed to be there. And I wasn't in control anymore. Mm -hmm. So there are two things that I did. Number one is I color coded my calendar, which I'll explain in a second. Mm -hmm. The second thing I did was I created business cards that I left with my secretary. And if a parent or student, a teacher came to find me when I was out of my office, the business card was pretty simple. It, on the back, it simply said, Dave Schmidt was out visiting classrooms, making a difference. If you'd like to schedule an appointment, here's his number. So they knew where I was. And then People weren't constantly calling me on the walkie-talkie saying there's somebody here to see you. Right. And that business card would be given to superintendents. It'd be given to anybody, any parent at any time. And if it was that important, they had my cell number on the business card. They could call me or text me. Okay. But the, the most powerful part of my, my daily schedule was I had a color-coded calendar that I made transparent to my staff. And it was three colors. One color um, was was red, which was Dave Schmidt is off the grid right now. He's got something that's non-negotiable. Maybe it's a, a formal observation he has to attend. Um, maybe he's out of the building at a district office and it was red. I tried my best to make sure that the red area represented about 20% or less of my day. Then I had a yellow area. The yellow area is Dave is always available for you, but you need to come do things with Dave in order to meet with him. He's going to be in some classrooms. You want to talk? Come into the classrooms with Dave. He's going to be in the lunchroom. You want to meet with him? Come meet with Dave. He's going to be out at recess duty. Come meet with Dave. So people were doing things with me and it wasn't like everybody just needed one-on-one -on -one time. Come see what I see and let's do things. Let's do life together. Yeah. And then the green time was an opportunity for people to reserve my time and say, I need one-on-one -on -one complete confidentiality. Um, 
we need the office door closed, whatever the case may be. The green time and the red time, those two off-limit times when it was one-on-one -on -one or at private meetings were 20% each, so 40%. The vast majority of my schedule was time to do things with other people. So I'm available to talk, I'm available to brainstorm, but we're doing it with others. I wanted to, to meet with people. I wanted to live with people. I wanted to lead with people. And that was the most important scheduling tip I had. Well, and oh my God, Dave, I, I'm so glad I asked that question because I think that's one of my favorite tips for managing your time that I've ever heard. So I apologize for my mouth being a geek and not really being good at putting words together. But um, that that yellow time, I, I like for a thousand different reasons, a lot of what you shared. The other thing is though, Dave, that yellow times allows others to see what your responsibilities are. Like yeah. it, gives, it gives people perspective. You know, a lot of the struggles I've seen in my own building, but also in districts that we partner with, with the Teach Better team is that people really don't know what a principal does. And like, that's okay. I don't think that teachers have a responsibility to know what a principal does, but there is benefit to knowing the life of the person you work with. And when I say the life, I just mean general responsibilities, day-to-day -day interactions. What, what is their, what does their 24 hours look like? And to be able to to meet with your principal in a setting like a lunchroom and be able to see how the students interact, the types of questions you have to funnel throughout that time. Like there's a lot of, of value in really seeing what responsibilities you have at recess duty, in addition to then the question I have for you, which is why I'm hunting down <laughs> on, you know, on the podium on it. Yeah. Really valuable. Absolutely. And you know, I'll be honest, I didn't know the responsibilities of a principal before I became a principal. Sure. I knew I wanted the title. I wanted the responsibility, whatever that meant, but I didn't know what my day-to-day -day would look like. I had to invent it myself. Um, and as I started to go, I realized, man, there's just so much business that I don't, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. So I had to change the job to match my disposition. Incredible. Dave, I'm so glad that you gave us that tip. I think that's going to be everyone's takeaway from uh, this second segment of our daily drop-in, where we are able to kind of rewind our mastermind, which I think is so great. That happens twice on Tuesdays. Dave, can you give us some details on when those sessions are and how I can sign up if I haven't signed up already? Because what I love about the mastermind is you just pop in when you have time. So sign up now. And if you don't use the link for three weeks, no shame, no foul, but at least you have it. Yeah. So that's number one, the link never changes. We use the same, it's a, it's a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. um, registering, all it does is put you on our email list so that we can send you the email on Tuesdays to remind you and to send you the link again in case you've lost it. That's all right. it does. That's awesome. um, to, to get that link, you just go to teachbetter.com slash mastermind. That's it. It's it, You're not getting sold anything. You don't have to listen to Dave Schmidt preaching. I don't send you videos or my own, whatever. That's all it does is it just gives you the Zoom link. Once and it's, get, it's just a free meeting, guys. Completely free. Yeah, we, we hang out and we talk. That's yeah. it. Um, and we learn, we grow. But it has evolved into so much more than just this meeting. Uh, we jokingly say on Tuesdays that the magic happens between the Tuesdays. We've got Voxer groups and conversations that happen and Twitter groups and all, all kinds of things that happen. Like they're happening now. They'll be happening tomorrow. They'll be happening on Friday. But we come together once a week as a group and as a family, just to see each other face to face and to have the real time conversations. Dave, I'm so appreciative of you for a thousand reasons. And I'm so glad that the mastermind is something that you're a part of. In addition to the mastermind and all that you've been able to do for the Teach Better team, I do want to give a special shout out to the brand new course you just launched on leading through empowering. I 
feel like my social media was so filled <laughs> with people sharing this course and celebrating the ideas in it. If you guys want to tinker to that course, if you're not sure if you want to take it or not, there is a video on the main page in the academy where you can like watch Dave preview what the course is about. And I'm so thrilled that people are like getting into the course and watching the videos. I saw a few tweets yesterday of people being like, all right, this is on my list for Saturday morning. It's just so awesome. So Dave, thank you for all the leadership work you do on the team, because holy cow, is there a lot going on right now to support all different leaders. No, and I, I appreciate you, you know, as we, we were complimenting Carrie and all her work, Great. kudos to you too, for all that you do just with graphic design and helping edit content and making things look professional when people like me just sloppily throw things together. So I appreciate you. No, you're awesome, Dave. For everyone else, I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your Wednesday. I get to go and hang out with my students. Dave, I know you have a full day ahead. So thank you to everybody. I hope you join us again this afternoon for our brain break with Dave and Jeff, where shenanigans happen, games are played, and prizes are won. I don't really know why that is, and I just try to avoid the shenanigans as much as possible because, you know, I'm serious. They just, you know, can't handle themselves. But um, for everyone else, I hope you have a great Wednesday. And we'll see you later. Bye, guys.